You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're taking a deeper dive on wings. I am so glad we are getting this chance to talk about the most necessary ways to use wings and then what not to do with wings. And if you're wondering what wings are, we're going to get to that too. But suffice it to say is just as with a bird or an airplane, you need your wings to balance. Adding in this term wings to your Enneagram work you're already starting to do as you learn about your type will help you to create better balance in your own life. So that's what we're going to focus on today. And there is a particular route. So whether you already talk with your spouse and say, I think you're this wing and and they say, I think you're this wing and your friends say, I think you're this wing or I'm this wing or you're not married yet or you are looking back on seasons in your marriage and remembering when this wing was more prevalent. I just want to walk you through, yes, that's relevant. I love that you're figuring yourselves out. I love that you're sleuthing it out here, but I also want to give you some healthy routes that have been very helpful for Wes and I. And uh, we have learned a lot from CP Enneagram as I love their masterclass. I also love even their podcast on wings, so you can check them out as well. But I really enjoy their model. And there's so many great things from so many people that I try to take a systemic view on what actually works because I have the fortunate positioning to be able to do a lot of rocket testing in terms of how I not only use the tools that I learn about myself in my own marriage, but also I get to work with clients and I'm just forever thankful to you guys for sharing your stories with me and to my clients for being so brave to do your work so that we can see really what works and what just really doesn't for most people. And we know we're always going to have those nuances between us that it worked for you and you over here hate wing, tri-type, whatever. So let's have that attitude today that we're going to lean in and learn together. And instead of just informing you from that five space, I want to encourage you from the seven space as well as get you organized with my one space. And when we have our arrows episode, which is also upcoming before the end of this year, you're going to hear how we use those. So if you're going, wait, what are the differences between wings and arrows? I'll cover that in that episode as well. So you're going to get there too. And I know it's Christmas season. So right now I know lots of you are probably listening as you're shopping or wrapping presents or trying to get work done so that you can get to that school recital or your baby's daycare event or whatever it is, because there are a lot of cute things, frankly, out there right now where people are telling me, oh my gosh, we're doing this fun event or my my spouse and I are going to find our tree tonight. And I hope you're getting the fun Charlie Brown Christmas trees as well as the big glorious furs. But I just, you know, I want you to know I'm with you and hoping you have such a great fun holiday. This is a time of year when we have so much to be thankful for, as well as we could let our minds go to really dark places. And I toyed with the idea of doing an episode on grief this time of year because I have a ton of grief this time of year, but I also have a ton of joy and I've already done some episodes on grief. So go back and listen if you want to hear that, but know that I'm not just always in joy mode that a lot of the time I am going, okay, let me pause here. Let me work through some kind of a trauma that's hitting me as Wes and I really do have so many people who truly are, you know, just looking for help in our families and our extended families. And we love them and we thank God for them. And we know that they've done every bit that they can do on their journey. But there's just so much there that we're just with you if you're trekking through some difficulties or mud. But we're also with you if you're having a blast and saying, you know, there are days when we have these hours set aside to just reuptake, to have joy and replenishment and refreshment. So make sure you do a good bit of both and set aside some time to lament if you need to. It can just do a world of wonders to take an hour with a pillow and a can and a journal and God and some music and just pour out your heart, whatever it is, it might be your fears, it might be the instinctual feelings of anger or those longings of the heart, but whatever it is, take some time to do that so that you can then come back around and celebrate. I'm so grateful for this. I'm so grateful for that. And many of you know, I have a lot of freebies on my website so that you can truly dig in and get a lot of your work done. And a lot of you also know, I also have the planner coming up for 
for 2022, or some of you are starting this week already, like Jen, my executive assistant, she's already starting. So she's digging in a month early to really get an extra month of something that she and her husband want to pull double from. So feel free if you already have your journal to step right into your work now. I also want you to feel free to join Wes and I as we start 2022 and be thinking now about how are we going to do this? Are we going to get it bound in a beautiful binding at Staples or at UPS, which we love as well as just right from our printer at home? Think about how you're going to print it and get it out, maybe even present it to your spouse for Christmas gift if you're doing. And then maybe like I did, get a pretty binder a folder to go with that binder. I know Jen had a great idea that she got a three ring binder, but she got one a little bit bigger and then she added a folder so that she could put freebies from Enneagram and Marriage into the binder or any freebies from anywhere, any marriage resources. So it's a binder that can be multi-purpose. So make sure you're getting your binder together, you're printing, you're thinking about how to do this if you want to start that. And you can start it later than January. It doesn't matter when you're listening to this podcast. It's a flexible enough journey that you can start wherever. But if you want to start with us, then I just want to remind you of that. And you can find that at enneagramandmarriage.com or you can have a glow guide for your stocking stuffer. And you can use the ongoing code of relationship planner so that you can get $10 off. And please understand that it's less than a cost of a coaching session to get this and to to really get moving. And I really did try to put in a year's worth of experiential training for you to get healthy. You can't just read something. You have to put action steps with it. You can't just lament. You can't just look past on what hurt you. You have to say, you know what? I have a good life and God wants me to have a good life. If you're a spiritual person, you might even add that in like I do. And I'm going to go for it and I'm going to try my best. And that's a really good feeling to live intentionally. That's really what I'm always hoping you do. And I'm believing in you for that. So I totally want you to know that you can do this. And I also want you to know if you're at the beginning of your journey or just really need another good conversation, if you already have your Enneagram and Marriage Glow Guides, which are your relationship pairing guides, you can get that back out too and just say, look, we're in a new season. I reprinted it and stuck it in your stocking again because we didn't go over it. Maybe we didn't ask each other those questions this year or we just need a reboot. Go ahead and do that and say like, here's a gift card and let's bring this and talk about it. Or maybe you don't have the Glow Guide yet and that's something that will start you guys and rev up your engines to see how do we shine together? Because that is important, very important when you're saying, oh my gosh, we're in shadow. And you might've heard my podcast. I hope you'll listen if you haven't on the stages of the Enneagram glow to say like, how are we shining in the world? Have we hit our shadow? Are we in darkness? Are we, did we lose our light? Are we revving back up? Are we, you know, getting involved in immersing ourselves in our work again? And, and so just use these tools, including the freebies, including the glow guide, including the new relationship planner to do that. And then know that we have been actively working really hard on our deep dives for you as well. And they should be released before the end of this year. So you can have literally a 25 page journey on your exact type and or your spouses. If you're with a partner or spouse, theirs as well. So you can just grab the Enneagram 8 deep dive and have 25 pages of how to really work with the passion, the fixation, the wings, the arrows, lots and lots of tips. If you're a counselor or coach and want to use this in coaching, lots and lots of tips for you if you're a partner of this type. And then of course, lots and lots of tips for you if you are this type. And I just try to include everything. I try to include examples of people in pre-marriage years, in early marriage years, in middle marriage years, in retirement years, in later marriage years, so that you would have the ability to go through and learn. So I feel like I just gave you a pilot on all the different products that we have for you. Some of them are free if you're like, I have zero cash, but there are some things that are also going to help you. And like I said, cost less than a coaching session. So that makes me feel good since I can't take any new clients right now. It makes me feel really, really good. And I love the clients I have. Thank you, thank you, thank you either way for being part of this wonderful Enneagram and Marriage journey. I've been having a blast, which is why we also want to bring some levity to you soon. And we're going to have later this week, you're going to hear Olivia and I in our serendipity episode. So make sure you tune in for that. That's going to be a lot of fun because we just really have fun analyzing. You know, we're two thinking types. So the two of us going a little cray cray on our just admonitions of certain characters and the ways we love certain others and and who we think is typed and how healthy or not we think they are. So that's going to be coming up. And then my daughter Hannah and I are going to be talking 
this one will probably be next year, but we're going to be doing an episode on The Notebook because we've already watched it twice together. And it's a really fun show, we think, to to really get in there and think about Noah and Allie. And oh my gosh, it's like my parents' marriage was when they were older. And all see elements of all of us in the younger years. And Hannah's going to be talking from pre-marriage perspective, and I'm talking within marriage. So we think it's a great generational movie, and we've already had some great Enneagram conversations around it. And she's she's got a lot of wisdom, and she's the same tri-type as me, but she leads with her four. So when I was talking with her about certain people's types, I said, I think that, I think Allie might be this type. And she's like, well, actually, like, but remember the family that she came from and that matters too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the layering, you know? So you have to remember, as we always say on this podcast, like pause and think about generations and and do your work and and not just assume everybody is even just this flat line. And I was doing that a little bit. Instead of looking at the Enneagram as a more robust sphere, I was looking at it as a bit of a flat line. So anyway, we all help each other and encourage each other. And then we're also going to be doing before that an episode with both of my daughters. I'm so excited to have my four and my nine on because they're best friends with each other too. And my son is too, but I just, he's not really old enough to do this podcast yet. It's a marriage podcast. He's nine years old, still figuring it all out. So that's going to be a fun episode when both the girls come on because we're going to be talking about Enneagram and family and this will be right before Christmas. So you can hear how do you use Enneagram with your teens? How do they use it? And how my girls have been just, man, has their life been blessed by using it at these young ages. And many of you say to me, can I use it with my kids, etc. So I want to help you to know what they think about it for better and for worse. And it'll be a fun episode to do just in terms of family, just in terms of we're all coming together. And I'm going to have some time off without my clients over those last couple of weeks of the year. So it's going to be a special time to share that episode with you as well. So you know what's coming. You've got arrows. You've got some fun shows as well. And you've got one coming on your future parents parenting, or if you're already a parent, you'll be tuning into that. And then we're heading into some shows where we're really going through the steps of our planner. And lastly, before we get to our wings topic, if you're just like, oh my gosh, I missed when you did the Enneagram training last time for coaches, for for people who want to be coaches, for people who just want to really deep dive on their Enneagram and marriage training and how you use it therapeutically or as a coach, I want you to know I'm starting our next round of the Enneagram and marriage certification course, January 28th. It'll be Thursdays. And of course, you can do it on demand. Of course, we're going to have a Facebook group for it, but I'm really excited to bring in another round of people who want to learn. So again, head over to EnneagramandMarriage.com if you want to hear more about that. All right, so let's talk about wings now. So you guys probably know and maybe even have seen my recent Instagram posts where I really start to give you just a trajectory of your wing work. But first, I'm just going to explain what a wing is. So basically, a wing in the Enneagram is the number on either side of your type. So if you look at the circular sphere of the Enneagram, you see that there's a nine right at the top. And then going down clockwise, we have one, two, three, four, five right at the bottom with four, and then coming back up six, seven, eight, and all the way back up to nine. So that's what the circle looks like. And then the numbers on either side of you are your wings. So if you happen to be a four, you have a three wing and a five wing. Now, the wings don't mean that you are also these types because some of you know when you're finding your type, what you're really doing is saying, okay, I maybe took a test. Maybe, you know, I've recommended some great ones over the time. I've talked a lot about how I work with Truity and they're amazing. And I've been really sharing their test with most people lately. I talk a lot about Catherine Favre's test because I am one of the people who has come to love TriType. And I know CP Enneagram is coming out with a new test. So there's so many great tests out there, but Ultimately, a lot of you have found your type through just really investigating and really putting on that five-ish part of yourself for a moment and saying, which one really is me down to the core? What are the core fears? What are the core motivations? What are the core issues? And if you just don't know that yet, you can go to my website and get my freebie called Enneagram and Marriage Workbook. And it's 40 pages. So I'm giving you lots and lots of lots right there. And we updated it if you haven't seen it in the last year. The fabulous Julie, who I shared Julie's editing service with you guys, she did a great job of bringing those to even more organized light. Beautiful job as a type one. So make sure that you check out the Enneagram and Marriage workbook if you're just like, what? So that's our wings and our wing work, basically. And so you find your main type through doing that. Now, if you're a four, like I said, the wings on either side being three and five, 
those are behaviors that you're likely to manifest as well as points on the Enneagram that may help you to not get quite so stuck in your typical middle of the road fourness there. So as you can imagine, if you're a four, you are stuck in a lot of contemplation, you're stuck in envy, and you're stuck in melancholy. And these are things that we call passions and fixations. And we just really want you to be able to to understand that I know these things are with you, whatever they are, whatever your type's main core issues are, they're with you. But your wings can help assist you in marriage and in life to get out of the rut of that. Because as a four, we would also want you to be able to use your beautiful gifts of compassion and artistry and creativity and to step out into the world. So how do your wings help you? So I'm going to start there and try to be organized to say, You don't need just one or the other. When I say I'm a seven wing six, I'm telling you I lean too hard on six. I'm not bragging. I'm like, I lean too hard on six. But a lot of us don't know that. And that's okay because we're all learning together. But I just want you to know when we talk about which way we lean, we're saying I really kind of am stuck here. And it's even better when you can say, I'm just, I'm working on both my wings. I I lean here. If you do, if you happen to notice you're not perfectly balanced, then you might say, I'm working on, if I'm a four, I'm working on my integrating my five wing more. Or if you're a four more wing five, you could say I'm working on integrating my three wing. But let me tell you the process that I really enjoy learning. Um, and that is that you basically take the main type. So again, back to four and you say, I've got the three and the five wing. How do I do this process? Um, And it is going to be different for everybody, but there is a pattern. So first, let me talk about the differences. The differences in how everybody will use their wings um, are so minute that we can't be exact and precise, even as I'm going to share the examples. I'm literally going to go through every type. But I want you to know that we're not going to be able to get everybody's nuances here. And here's why. Because when a three wing shows up for one person, it might mean that they are really achieving beautifully. And when a three wing shows up for another person, it might mean that they're this fully integrated three who's no longer a chameleon, that behaviorally they're not showing up as ranking as much anymore as a four, but now they're using their three wing to help them to remember that they're beloved in whatever they're doing and they don't have to be unique and they don't have to be a chameleon. You know, that's how they're using their three. And like I said, a totally different four or whoever, if it was a two with a three wing, or if they might be using it to completely change their system for work and just say, man, I am showing that glory of God. Like I am showing the world how glorious we humans can be. And that is what I'm doing. And then the next person over might say, I'm not only doing A, I'm not only doing B, I'm doing all that. And then I'm also adding C. So the sky's the limit when you start integrating your wings, your arrows. Um, Like I said, we'll talk about arrows soon. But my point to you is don't limit yourself too much on the learning you can do. But Lastly, before we get into the specifics on that that exact journey, I want you to know you also don't want to start working on wings if you're like, I'm confused and this, it's distracting me from my main type's work. You can always come back to this podcast and you can also always come back to my Instagram where it, there's not going to be 20 minutes beforehand of talking and you have to find your little spot in the podcast. I'm going through wings right now in December of 2021. And so you can look at those very specific posts. But even when you do understand that in one post, I cannot explain all the nuances of type one through nine's journey is exactly going to look like as they integrate their wing work. So that said, that four with the three and the five wings, this is how they can integrate as a visual representation. But what I want to let you know is if you're a four, the journey for you or whatever type you are is that you're going to go backwards counterclockwise to the number right before you first. So a four is going to go back to three first as their first wing that they attend to. So they're going to hit the four wing three and say to themselves, okay, here I am stuck in my my passion and fixation of envy and melancholy. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to use this three to build momentum. It's like going back for what was lost. It's like the African proverb I've talked about sometime that I saw when we went to the Keys and it was a beautiful reminder, Sankofa, go back and catch it, return to the source and remember who we are. So when we, in essence, go back to that wing, we're coming back to retrieve something we we missed. And this is, of course, theoretical, but 
in essence, the, the four who's forgetting their glory is going back and saying, oh my gosh, like I am unique and special and creative already and nobody's better than me. I have just as many gifts as everybody else because three is achieving and glorious and often has some parts of them that have good self-esteem about the work they do and the producing they do. And, and that is a beautiful part of the four that we don't want them to lose. So first step is going back to that counterclockwise positioning, whatever your your story and your journey is and going back and catching and remembering who we are. So next, they, of course, they're integrating their beautiful four gifts of, okay, I'm moving ahead now and I am awake in my four. And not only do I realize that I have these special gifts and I'm unique and beloved and I can do lots of really cool things well, but I'm also going to take my time in my four and be creative. And I'm also going to be compassionate so that I don't just have high self-esteem. I'm going to pair that with compassion because we know fours are often very good at that. And I'm going to go to the deep places with people. I'm not going to run ahead with my three wings. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take time and delve deep. And that's where your five journey comes in. That final piece of your wing journey is fives delve deep. Um, back to the Lord of the Rings for one second here. If you know me, I go back there a lot. These are the dwarves of the Lord of the Rings, or perhaps the elves, the ones who I think on this sometimes, but I'm going to do a whole show on that one day for those of us out there who need that. But that's a total geek out episode. So basically, we're going down and delving deep into the heart and into the mind. That's a beautiful space. The four wing five space is stunning. There's almost, I mean, no limits to what can happen when you have a solid heart and mind. And then of course, with that three momentum, you've got a robust way to deliver it now. So putting all that together is a beautiful space for you and and you're not going away. And back to LOTR briefly, I was just reading, we're in book two with my son. And by the way, he's actually doing better with it. And we're getting five or 10 pages now. He's getting older and it's like, oh my gosh, we're actually having more fun now and we're staying together and we're finding our routes. But um, but but we were reading how the elves had used to really want to spend time with people and breathe life into people. And they're, they're symbolic of angels too, but it was you know, in the book, it was like they went through something dark and difficult and overwhelming. And I was thinking of our fives. And now they're, you know, they're more reticent, they're more shy, they're more standoffish, and they're going away. So when you think about like, oh, man, like that would suck for somebody who's a four to not have any sense of their fiveness, or even especially a suck for a five to not to not deliver to not have any synergy with the world, but to just retreat completely, this would be a loss. And so we want you to be able to grieve to lament, but we want you ultimately in your journey to use both wings. And I hope I've given you a good way for us to see the fours. We'll do a tiny bit more on fours when we go through, but I'm going to head back to one. But I just wanted you to have a whole sense for the mechanics first. And we'll give a few examples throughout to make it a little bit more human. I've been trying to do that too. But I hope you catch that there's a journey to the wings and the goal is balance between both wings. It doesn't mean you don't get to call yourself a wing. If you love identifying yourself as a three wing four or nine wing eight, etc., then cool. I love that for you. But I also want you to know that it's important that you are aware that in your marriage and in your life, you're going to want to integrate both. And I think it's going to be a beautiful way for you to do this in your marriage too. So that's what I'm going to focus on when we go down the list here now of each type in marriage and relationships. So you can get a sense for your personal growth journey, but also relationally. So a type one has two wings, nine and two, and a type one does really well when they first go back to that counterclockwise move to grab a hold of the nine wing. So what's important for them, as you can imagine, in marriage is to go back and head back to the nine wing before they head out to the two wing. And that's going to allow them the ability to see from multiple perspectives. Nines are very good at that. It also allows ones to have a little bit more of their virtue of serenity and to say, whatever God does in my life is fine with me and the ways that God runs this world. I'll do my part, but I'm not going to judge others and say that they're not doing their part because when I do that, I'm literally putting on God and I'm literally putting on that I know better than God. And that's not going to fly because you don't you're not inside of your spouse's story and journey and you're certainly not especially if it's not your spouse. You just have no idea and the ones I know and man, there's a lot of you out there that are listeners that I'm just so happy for you. I'm like thinking of the party emoji right now. (laughs) And that's silly that I'm thinking in emojis, but like, I'm so happy for you that you are doing this work because the ones who realize this and take time to go back to the nine, oh man, is that awesome. 
it's like their Sankofa moment is like, oh my gosh, I'm retrieving what I lost maybe because there was this harsh space that I had to do this other work as a child to survive. And and now I get to go back and say, oh, I trust you, God, with what you're doing in these people's lives, even if I can't fix everything. So that's a critical space and it's a beautiful space and it gives license to your spouse to be human and to have things that you don't even know about that they're struggling against. And instead of putting yourself in that, I understand every possible um, neuron, which as you heard me talking about recently on the sensory episode, we have all, even twins, unique neural pathways. So you really cannot be inside someone else's ever evolving biology. Then it's like, oh my gosh, I can't know their biology. I can't know everything about what they're capable and competent to do. I just have to trust God here. So that's their first step. And then of course, their next step is the two wing where now they can help with a better attitude. And there's not a resentful giving, which one struggle with anger and resentment is their passion and fixation. So now they're able to say, okay, you know what? I have this and that gift. I've I've done not only my nine work to realize that everybody has a story and a journey and I'm trying to consider that and not only have I done my one work to give myself and others grace and sitting in more serenity but now I can help from that space and I know I have gifts too because I'm working on my one journey of fighting my inner critic and getting self-care so I'm not heading into the two without self-care and that's something that a lot of my one wing two leaning clients have done over the years that's something Wes and I have talked a lot about because he's leaning toward two as well a lot of the time and it's been such a beautiful process to watch all of these people Wes included to really balance with their nine and it's just fun to see it I got to see that with Wes this weekend at Universal Studios I know I'm going to get to see it as he plays we have three times coming up of our mystery dinner game that he's going to be super silly fun just considerate and not just like oh my gosh I have to help like you know, going crazy, helping all day long at his medical practice, as well as all the weekends. And he could do that if he was in just a constant one, two, one, two pistons going back and forth positioning. So it's really nice to see him laid back, having fun, taking time for himself after the hard work is done. Um, And sometimes even before, sometimes we rest because we're like, I'm tired and the week is coming and I know I need the rest first. So find your rhythm there. You have to hit that nine spot first to come from a place of non-judgmentalism. And I'm not sure that's a word, Um, but you get my point. So now we're moving on to twos and twos have a one wing and a three wing. And for a two, going to their one wing means that they are not just thinking in their two journey of dealing with pride and flattery of others, but they're actually really caring. Ones are some of the most caring people out there. And I know twos are as well, but where they can get stuck is when they're like, God needs me, I'm God's right hand, and people need to let me help them and to give to them, and they're finding their worth through that. And when they go back to their one, they're just like, it's just good and right to help people. And you know what? Like, I'm not judging myself or anybody else. I'm not giving to get. I'm just giving. And it feels really good because when a one is healthy doing that, a one is like, it's like I've talked about this before on this podcast, the clapping of angels wings is where I heard it. And I'm like, oh, that's such a good fit because you can really see a lot of ones are just truly enjoying giving and doing good. That's what a two does first when they go to their one space. Then they can come back out of that goodness and just give and they don't give to get. They're just giving because they love giving and they're getting self-care because a two we know doesn't just feel other people's feelings. They do their own work too. They feel their feelings. They take time out for them and then they can move on to their three space and their three space is where they get to shine and they get to have this glorious place of achievement. I know our first place we're playing our new mystery dinner game is tomorrow at my good friend Amy's house. And she is somebody I'll be traveling with her to New York next year. She's just so much fun. And she's a two who leans one ish, but she's really balanced and she's going to be showing of course, love and grace and care as she hosts the game. And we're going to have a blast. But she works her butt off for foster care and adoption. And you might have heard me talk with Anne-Marie, her fr- both our good friend of ours. She and Anne-Marie actually um, have two sisters that they both adopted. But Amy is so caring and always, even though she's not a licensed therapist or coach, it's though she is one because she's trauma informed and she's always helping adoptive and foster parents and running huge adoption trauma workshops and it's like 
when Amy puts her two in, there's a lot of love, but she sets her boundaries because she's been doing her work for a long time. And then she goes into her three wing. Why I'm bringing up the mystery party is she was already telling me she's going to be hosting it beautifully. And she didn't say that to brag. It's just, she's like, okay, I see your recipes. You have the charcuterie board. I'm going to be doing that. What kind of ice cream does your daughter make? Cause I'm going to make homemade ice cream because it's Melody's birthday also this weekend. And Melody wanted to play it for her birthday. So, but she's, she's going to be glorious in her presentation. She's going to wow us. Her table settings are going to be phenomenal. Her house is stunning and she just puts time into it and she puts care to show the best. And I love that about the three side of her. So remember that twos and you know, there's so many permutations. So you're probably like, oh man, you lost me with that whole dinner table thing. That's not how mind three comes out. But I just love to give a story example as well as to explain it more clinically. So think about your way of representing. I know you can do it. Okay, moving on to threes. Threes have a two wing and a four wing. So when a three who we know is amazing, we just said, and glorious, but they also can struggle with this self-deceit and they can also struggle with with vanity of actually thinking they're better than others and that, you know, they can be some of the perfection triad people. Um, So it's really important that they don't get lost in their ego. And it's important that they, that they, they do their three work, of course, but first step for them is going to be accessing, Hey, I have a big heart and I not only have a big heart for me, but I have a big heart for others. And that's their two side that they really do well to to use first. And of course, some threes test as having high self-esteem and others do not at all because there's variety within that. So I don't mean that all threes already have a big ego, but what I really want to get at is they present a big ego. And so it's nice to be able to have that helpfulness of the two to guide them, that giving just to give, not to get. They have huge hearts anyway. And then they jump right ahead into their four work. And that four work continues the process of equanimity and allows them to just be truthfully who they are. And for threes to really do that, it really is a beautiful thing because now they're starting to be authentic. The self-deceit isn't as prevalent. They're starting to admit to themselves and others who they really are, what they really like, even if it's a very unpopular thing. They're like, you know what? This is who I am. And and that's okay because we're all equal and we're all beloved. And we talked before about broken and yet beloved. And that's a beautiful part of this process is just kind of shedding what we don't need and retrieving what we left behind and then putting on new things that we've never even experienced before and that we're maybe even pulling generations forward with us. It's very exciting. All right, so now we're on to fours and we already covered a little bit about fours in our intro, but I do wanna still let you know that fours are of course struggling, I said, with envy and melancholy. And so you wanna pull them back to their three and realize their glory in whatever ways. And then you wanna pull them up to five and get them focused and able to really fine tune and really go for the gold with that beautiful five wing finish so that they're not just presenting and ranking, but that they're saying, you know what? I'm presenting, I'm showing my gifts, I'm in action like the three. I have all of the compassion and the depth of the four as well as a focused positioning as a five. And this is a very Uh, This is a place where lots can get done. And instead of going just to the dark night of the soul, they can go there for a little while and say, gosh, I, I see the depths, I see the angst, I see the problem of pain in the world, but I can address that with hope, with action. I can be the change in the world that I want to see. And there's something revitalizing about that. So it's a neat process to see a four step into that equanimity, um, into that beautiful space. Okay, so type five, we really are looking at them going back to the four for some emotional retrieval. And that is not always super easy as we talk about when we whenever we talk about five. But when they go backwards in their wings and they say, you know what, like, I do have feelings. I need some time, though, to figure it out. That's their four process. In my sessions with fives, we often process that they need time uh, just as fours do, but it's different because Fours need time just to really get their head around a whole idea or thing. And so when we do work with fives, just like with fours, we need to take time. So that's us taking that half a step back. I'm thinking of octaves and we're we're kind of doing the flats and the sharps when we do these. And we're saying, come on back to that flat and, and take a look at what's important here. What is the minor key? And we are looking to see, oh my goodness, this person has a gift of depth for their emotions. They have compassion. They're, they 
our fives are even part of the relational triad. They do care. And yes, sometimes they move away just like that four will go underground to contemplate for a while. So when they do that, when a four is healthy, they go back down to those feelings because they can perhaps, we hope, dig something out. And that's what we want the five to do is take that step back to say, where am I? What's really going on? And to be vulnerable there instead of just, oh my gosh, I'm worried all the time about I'm going to run out of energy. And now you're bringing in some synergy that says the avarice and the greed will will not just hold me down. I won't just let that hold me back. But I'm also going to add to that that even my emotional life is going to be richer because instead of just fantasy thinking that's going to take me out of the picture, I'm going to actually process real emotions that are in real time with my spouse about my marriage and see what I want. And sometimes you have fives who emerge from that space and they really get clarity and they say, oh my gosh, you know what I realized by doing this therapy or coaching session with somebody who could help me to find my emotions like I've done with um, like I do with fives or where you find some, you just do the inner work yourself and you're processing and you're journaling and you're reading um, and, and you finally get there or with music. I mean, everyone has their own way, right? But when you get there, it's neat to see the insight of, oh, I really care deeply and I'm pursuing hard. But do remember with fives, this is an important space. And then they move up to their six, which is, okay, now I've been focusing and I've been contemplating and I'm seeing the richness of emotions. And I'm also seeing the equanimity of four and and now I can move up to six and say, let's get action-oriented troubleshooting going so I can address the problems in my relationship very strategically. And so that's always what a five is going to need is when they finally do get down to see what their emotion is. And usually it's some sort of vulnerability like, wow, I really love my spouse. I haven't been giving them what they deserved or needed because I've been maybe, because they're obviously going to be dealing with some avarice here. So now they come back out of that space and say, you know what? Sometimes giving, I do get energy and sometimes I have to figure out the ways and maybe I don't eat as many carbs or I, you know, try to rest a little differently. But at any rate, they're coming back to, they may even be treating their anxiety. And now they're coming into the healthy six space of troubleshooting the actual steps for the relationships. It's not enough to just know what the emotions are. And luckily, most fives know this. They now need the action. Well, what am I going to do about it? And sometimes you then have to help the spouse. And there's a block from the spouse who says, oh my gosh, like my fives have gone away and I'm kind of just frustrated with them. So you might say, Now this is where me and my spouse do some couples work, but it might not even need to be that. It might just be that as a five, you do your six wing work by saying, you know, I wrote a list of five things or 10 things, and I'm asking my spouse, which of these would be helpful. I'm reviewing their current love languages. And the good news is most sixes love games. I think a lot of three, six, and nine people love games and fun competitions. And so when a five leans into their six wing here, they can have fun with that and they can order fun couples games together or like I said, address the love languages and they just end up, they they enjoy the cat and the mouse game. So it feels like the chase is back on and they have a lot of um, mystique and there's something to research and to do. And it's exciting. You know, who doesn't love a little Sherlock Holmes? Obviously I do with my mystery dinner stuff, but, but finding that joy, finding that spark, that joie de vivre we've talked about, like you have to be able to do that and bring that to life. So instead of just the six worried space, we want to bring them back to troubleshooting and planning and strategically caring about their mate and not a controlling place. We could do a whole episode, the wings gone rogue. (laughs) So, So moving on to six, I want you to know that when the six takes the half step back to five with that five wing counterclockwise, they're stepping into the space of focus instead of this, oh my gosh, I'm worried, I'm panicking, I'm all over the place. Now they're actually taking a calm moment to say, if I really plan and prep carefully and with focus, then I should be able to come out of it with some rationale and with some tools. And so that's good. And probably even some reserve because sixes can be very reactive and out there and needing a lot of support. And so when they head into their five, they're introverting and they need this time to think and to put their thoughts together instead of just worrying all the time. So gives them time to research, gives them time to steward. And then now they can move on with what they're learning into the best of their six, which is moving from fear to courage. And instead of cowardice, they're in action. And now they can even move into their seven joy, which will be encouraging others, caring about others, caring about bringing happiness and good things to the world instead of just troubleshooting constantly of that sounds unsafe, that feels unsafe, I don't like that, let me put up a skeptical wall, let me let me counteract with you. 
I know sometimes that's one of my son's struggles where, you know, my daughters will say, oh my gosh, you're in your counterphobic six mode because everything we're saying, you do the opposite. And he does that with me too sometimes. And, and it's just so nice to see when they can let go to say, I'm moving on ahead and I'm really finding I can just have fun and I can let go and I can stop worrying obsessively. And how I do that is I remember the wonders of the world. And I know it's going to look different for all of you guys. And I know that it's going to be effort and it's not easy for a six to sometimes step into this space because they have to find their routes there. But find your route, even if you have to pull over to the side of the road and get out of the car and walk for a little bit if you're that actively worrying while you're driving or even if you're having to tell your spouse, look, I need to go write a list of 10 things I'm grateful for and 10 things in my life that are going well right now. Or your spouse may even need to remind you of that. That is so important for a six to be able to get back to positive thinking. And if you share my faith, Philippians 4, 8 says, think on things that are good and true and lovely lovely and noble. And that is a really important step here is really stepping into that. There's almost nothing more important in terms of for a six, um, other than of course, courage, than to really allow their minds to have a cleansing and a renewing because anyone with that six can just go off the cup, you know, can really fly off the handle if they're not feeling safe. And if they're forgetting that there's always hope, and there is always hope, there's always something that you can come up with that is a good thing. And I just challenge you to keep remembering that, that there's always going to be problems in life and they do need addressing. And that is not easy, but it's important that you do balance that with both of those wings, focus and joy. Okay, moving on to type seven, we have the person who needs to go back and do some planning and say, and it's tricky because sevens also struggle with overly planning. And a lot of people don't know that because of memes, etc. But that's an important step. It isn't a bad thing to do some healthy planning to say, let me look at my resources and I don't want to run out and I can't over schedule. Um, and then they have, but, but one of the reasons they need to do that to a degree is as a seven, we are constantly being invited to things. And it's really flattering, but you just have to say no a lot. And as you might know, seven struggle with FOMO. So when they do some healthy planning, they are saying no a lot Um, instead of their unhealthy planning, which can be a really difficult fixation for sevens who already struggle with the gluttony of doing a lot to add to that. Oh my gosh, I can't miss things. I don't want to disappoint people. I love making people feel happy. I like to feel satiated and happy and pleasurable because there can be a lot of, um, you know, just hedonism with this personality. So then it's, I have to do it because I have to make them happy. I feel bad. I don't want to have those sad feelings. And so there's too much being planned. And a healthy seven will go back to that six wing and saying, say, you know what? This is, I mean, God did not make me with endless energy. I have to actually budget my time, my money, and my energy. And that six wing will help you to do that instead of going off and making you worried like crazy and overly planning, overly controlling in unhealthy ways. And I've been there, done that. I struggle with that sometimes to this day. Um, But it's an important step in the life of a seven to go back and to retrieve that, but not to take it to a controlling place where you're trying to control your spouse and all their movements, and certainly not to the place where you exclude all of your social events, but definitely you have to bide your time. Even today, I just was asked to do something fun and wonderful with a group of women. And I'm like, I can't. We are so busy. We had stuff every single night this week, even our family night, Wednesday night, a girl I mentor who's an amazing eight. She's like a daughter to me. I've talked about her a little bit. She's almost a pro golfer. And it's like, she was like, I'm going to be for the first time ever worshiping, leading teen worship at my church. And it's like, she's so healthy with mind, body, spirit. And she wanted me to be there as a mother figure and calls me a mother figure. And it was a month ago that we planned it. And I said, I know this is going to be a busy night. But you know what? Like, we'll be there. It's our family night. And she's like, yes, you can be there as a family. And I really, like, I pushed it. And it was a good push, but it was a really big week. And so we never really had a night to ourselves. And that was costly. And that is something that you can't do as a seven, even if you're trying to push it. So it's an important step to be able to say, 
I'm going to say no, even though great opportunities come my way. Wes and I trying to fit in a date night and everyday working out and all these things, as you know, you're doing too with your self-care to add in anything more. It's like you could really topple over, especially I'm going to jump us onto the eight wing. If you just said, okay, I love that lust for more. And now I'm catching the vibe of how synergy happens and I'm not stuck in myself preserving anymore. And I'm doing some healthy planning and balancing. You can topple right back over as a seven into the gluttony and adding into that, that lust for more as an eight. So it's a really important step to do, and I'm going to flip it in a second here, not in the unhealthy movement, but to be a healthy seven who can jump into eight by saying, no, I have to take care of myself very simply and matter of factly and going to that space of eights know how to take power back, how to say no, eights know how to say yes, be there wholeheartedly with help and they know how to come back into their cave when they're mature and they know how to rest and to let go and to say, I'm not invincible. And um, I had an experience jumping a little bit too fast past my sixth wing this week when we went to Universal and it was the first time in a while because of you know everything with COVID. And, and so I went on the brand new roller coaster called the Velociraptor and I was totally bypassing my six wing because I was just in my seven and eight. And I was like, that sounds so fun. And Wes was doing an interview with the Joy FM for our game. And, you know, he was off. And I'm like, you guys, this sounds fun. We have an hour. It's a 35-minute wait. It's the brand new roller coaster. And my kids are all social and really good at like roller coaster kind of things. And when I say really good, I mean like they enjoy it. They have fun. That's why they wanted to go to Universal. And I'm at the place in life where I could mostly take it or leave it. I'm like, this is cool, but like I'm no longer a social subtype. So, you know, I'm doing this kind of for you. But I I was like, this will be fun. I was in my seven and eight wing. And then I rode it with them. And it was crazy because, (laughs) and so we had so much fun and you could see my favorite actors were on the video. It's a brand new ride. You know, Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec and Chris Rice and Bryce Dallas Howard. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fun, you guys. And then I saw that the roller coaster was like really intense looking. And I'm like, this looks like a Tesla. This is going to be so much fun. And I never looked in my phone because I was like, I'm tired of looking in my phone. I'm tired of just having to answer to research all the time. And I just want to do something really like seven wing eight. And I rode the ride with them and it was so much fun. But (laughs) when I got off the ride, I had a headache. And as a head type, I already get headaches and I was hormonal. And the girl's friend said that you have to take Motrin before it or she does. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm not writing this again. I do not want to have to take Motrin before I ride a ride. Like I'm not at the space and time in life when I think that it's worth that. Let's go find daddy at the car. I think the park is closing now. And so we were talking about it, Wes and I later, and like we realized I did need my six wing there because I never really researched it. And I was like, Wes, look at what I read about this. And you can look it up if you're a roller coaster junkie, but the Velociraptor is the tallest and fastest roller coaster in Florida. And I didn't know that. And it's also only for extreme thrill roller coaster lovers who want the new level of intensity, like warp speed, G-force, whatever you want to call it. So like I kind of left that six and five behind in the name of fun and big energy. And it was fine. Thank God it was fine. But it and it was fun until it got insane. And it wasn't fear. There was a little bit of healthy fear missing. You know, like we forget that the good of six is actually being thoughtful about like what would be really good for my body. And I was just like, this would be fun. And so I think that that's something I mostly have learned. But I just I just had this moment of rebellion against myself where I was like, I don't want to look this time. And sometimes that can be costly. And I'd, wow, that was crazy. Yeah. So that's a really good reminder of why you don't want to leave one of your wings behind ever. But where I really do want to encourage sevens to stand in strong with your eight is Be a bold speaker. Be somebody who says, I don't care if somebody doesn't like me. I don't have to be a people pleaser. I'm not for everybody. I know how to find my tribe. I know how to find the person that I'm supposed to minister to and reach. And it's okay if the others fall away because I have a focus and I have a special call in my life and I'm not going to let anyone else ridicule it who's in my tribe. And when you can do that as a seven versus playing the jester, it is a very powerful move. And just as we're going to talk about power moves in a little while when we talk about nines and the chessboard, 
This is your power move on the, the chessboard where the king comes out and says, no more fooling around. I want to be taken seriously. That is a very important moment in the life of a seven. And you can still go back to joy. You still have fun. I still think of that meme of, you know, when you're ready to, you've done your eight work, you've done this full throttle wing transition, and now you're heading into glory because you're just on your rock star moment. Now you can come back to that fun seven and be like, I'm back. And I just, I, I do really love that meme. And it's very big in my life, just in terms of when we get our energy back to seven, when we're feeling really good. And that happens a lot for us. And we do crash too, but we do feel good. That's one of our gifts is to have joy. It's a wonderful space to encourage others to be strong, but again, to be taken seriously in that you have to show people not only am I playful and joyful. I think of it faithfully as the joy of the Lord is my strength. And that is a strength. Like that's a beautiful thing that I know is going to be with me till the moment I die. I already know it. No one is going to take that from me. There's nothing stopping us when we can have that healthy perspective on uh, the life cycle and the resurrection cycle. And it's it's a beautiful thing too. Even loss can be beautiful, even as much as it's hard and we have to reconfigure things and work through things and yes, feel our feelings. But it's important that you do this whole process so that you can lift off and have renewed joy with that true sobriety of I am to be taken seriously too, even in my joy. And we can laugh together and love together, but we can also work our butts off together and not be afraid to delve in deep to care about others and to do the work for others. And eights are great about that. If you really know a true eight, you'll know they're not in their healthy space just for themselves. They're for others too. So it's a beautiful transition. So let's transition into eights now. So an eight who is healthy will first head back to seven and say, okay, you know what? Like I'm an intense eight. I I love to bring it big. I love to help. I love to project myself into leadership. I love to take people on the journey with me. I'm good at helping the underdog and all of that is good, but the intensity needs some levity too. So you want to be intense like the big roller coaster maybe, but you want it to be fun too. And so your roller coaster has a lot of joy in it. And I'm just using the example because it's on my mind, but you want to be able to, to bring that into this space of, you know, I, I know that everything's going to work out okay. I know that positivity is there. And remember, if you're really into the Enneagram, you know that the eight virtue is innocence. And so you know that the eight really needs that seven childlike wonder in order to to bring that innocence. Like, how do I just get that innocence? Well, if you're doing your wing work to get there, because there's obviously going to be several routes to get there. The way to do that is to say, you know what? Like, I'm just noticing, I'm stopping to notice the wonder of the world more. I'm stopping to notice the good of the world. And even if I don't have all the revenge that I want, or even just if I'm not able to bring justice the way I want, because a lot of eights don't struggle as much with revenge as just a desire for justice, then then there is a justice that comes outside of me. Instead of my plans, I'll allow God's plans in, because that's the work of a seven. So now we're moving from that seven space into all of those gifts I mentioned as an eight, but with a little more lightness. And so you're not making people run off because they're feeling your anger. And now we're heading into the nine space where we really do even more deep work by saying, okay, not only do I have the proper perspective and I can let go a little bit, not only do I still care, not only do I have the ability to find joy and good in the world, I'm not going to allow my brashness or any memories of being wounded and hurt or vulnerable really stop me. But now I'm even going to really consider all perspectives instead of just mine. Because a lot of you know, eights are body types. So along with ones and nines, they could get to that space of, you know, my opinion is the only one that matters. And only nines really get there when they go to their right action, but they still can get there occasionally. The best of nine is what we want for this eight person. We want the eight to take the, and that means looking from all perspectives and realizing there may be multiple solutions. And especially as we always say, just multiple things going on inside the life of somebody else. So we do want to make sure that we don't make that fundamental attribution error, also called the availability bias, where we're giving ourselves more grace and 
thinking our opinion is just so much farther above others, but we're really considering everyone equally there. So that's the eight move. And it's a beautiful move to see when we're there, we reach so many more people for the goodness that is inside of us. And I just want you to really reflect on that, that you're thinking I'm going to be limited by these things. I'm thinking I'm not going to be as effective. I'm. It's not going to work. It's like we're so stuck to our routes that are not as healthy. And it just, it does take some faith to say, no, it's going to help me so much. I'm going to have a farther and deeper reach. And it's true. So let's talk about the nine. The nine route is going to be headed into that eight first, going counterclockwise to pick up what they lost. And perhaps out of all the types, I'm most excited to talk about this one in terms of just the power move that comes in here. It's like taking that queen or king on the chessboard and moving it just perfectly strategically. And sometimes you have to go back before you can go forwards. This is a very beautiful move for a nine because the eight is a huge power play for the nine that they're not usually utilizing. I believe that at least the ones who know their type, there's more nine wing ones, at least the ones I hear about. And this, I just want to bring balance to everybody. This eight space is so important because I truly believe, and when we do our deep dive episode with all the types, I can't wait for that episode. Um, I'm just so excited for next year for getting to do these episodes. I want you to know your nines have a lot that they're sitting on a lot of power a lot of power. So when they come back to eight, whatever else they're picking up, I want them to pick up some healthy power and some standing because they have lost a lot of this due to others being jealous, due to others not understanding them, due to others shushing them. I can't tell you how many times I did that to my daughter and still do to this day a little bit without meaning to. So it is so important that you fight for yourself. You are worth it. And people just, I think so many are intimidated by you or exhausted by your bigness and richness that they they don't know what to do with it. Um, and so you don't want to just leave it out there stark like we just said to eights and brash and bold. And and that's where sometimes a nine in their right action can go. Um, but the, the best way that they can do this move is to do this with love, just like we would tell an eight, right? With innocence, with love, with totally recognizing that God can do this without us and that we get to be a part of it with joy. This is going to help this eight power move to be totally sealed instead of this tyrant who just shows up with a volcanic explosion. So we know nines can do that too, and we don't want that. So take the power move, use your voice, be strong, stand in, and bring rhythm back into your voice and remember that you have so much to give. And then as you blend that in with your nine peacemaker gifts instead of just peacekeeper, as you remember um, that you don't hold all of harmony in your hands, but that God does and you're just part of it, now you can step into the one wing and get really productive. As you know, with ones, ones are not only detailed and good like nines can be, but they also add in that they are energized and that they're doing a lot. I know that many of us don't, if you're not with a one, you don't maybe know this, but there's just a lot of power and doing power with a one. So that is the exact thing a nine needs, a nine who struggles with not feeling their voice is important, not feeling they're important, not being vibrant, not being loud. They not only get to bring this in, but they now get to bring in the doing because the virtue for a nine is right action. So they're they're countering this indolence of I don't really matter with, you know what? Not only do I matter and everyone is beloved and broken, but I matter and I'm going to do something that's meaningful with my right action. And I'm going to step into life versus stepping out or merging with somebody. And I'm going to be working on bringing wonderful things to the world and it will be self-satisfying just to do it, just to care. It won't be a passive aggressive anymore of, well, I was thoughtful about others. Why was nobody thoughtful to me? It's I'm thoughtful about others and myself and I will speak up if somebody misses me. And I cannot tell you what a joy that has been to watch that happen with my daughter. Not only a joy to watch, but just a shock. And sometimes I want to be like, oh my gosh, like pull back a little. And and once in a while I do need to help her with that steering wheel. But most of the time I just tell myself, be quiet, let her do it. This is a beautiful sight. Um, I even had that with her dance today where she got to dance with my other daughter's um, highest group. And I thought, oh my gosh, like look at you out there shining and just showing your own. And I mean, from somebody who was limping, if you heard my all nine episode in uh, season one, you'll know, are you kidding me? She was dancing with the top 
level of dancers because she's finding her voice. She's finding her footing quite literally and um, just making miracles happen by her determination, but also adding in order and precision. And she stretches and works out every day. And she won't be hearing this episode before it airs, but I'm so excited to give her her ginormous jumbo blog glottis, water bottle and workout mats for her birthday because that's what she asked for is um, amongst her her other items and list and baking supplies. I'm excited that she's getting her dreams and she's moving into this new space. So I hope that this has been helpful. You're realizing that when we go back to that counterclockwise type right behind us, that we are gaining awareness. And I think that it's so important that that you really do bring that forward with you as you embrace the best of your type and the surrounding types behaviorally. And you see what happens when you don't. You wind up on roller coasters where you're literally like a bobblehead. Um, but you also see what happens when you do it with balance. And man, it's gorgeous. It's fun. There's a lot of grace for our mess ups. And and that's fun too, just knowing like, hey, new mercies every morning, like you can do this and I want to hear about it. So please, please, please tell me. This is so exciting for me to watch you grow. You are so strong. You have been doing this journey. You listened, you made it through this podcast, which is amazing because it was a lot. And you are empowered for your week as you practice with your wing work. So cannot wait to get you the full-fledged deep dives as we get those out soon. Happy Christmas to you. We'll be continuing with episodes through this season, but I just want to let you know, you guys are appreciated. I love living intentionally with you. Head over to Enneagram and Marriage for all the tools, the freebies, the glow guides, the relationship planner, and love to you and your families this holiday season. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.